Good day, good people. Welcome to Lamb's Podcast. I'm your man, Honestly God, coming to you live with biblical truth, a sprinkle of parenting, a dash of finance. We're going to travel all through the land, shepherding it up with God's discipline and love. Lambs, let all men be saved. Welcome back to Lamb's Podcast. I'm your man, Honest to God. I want to bring to you guys a proverb that I read that I take near and dear to my heart. It's Proverbs 11 and 30. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and the one who is wise saves lives. One of the things I want you all to know is the greatest thing man can ever do is win souls back over to Christ. We are at war right now. And we need everybody on the front line ready to do God's will. Welcome back to Lamb's Podcast. I'm your man, Honest to God. Today's topic is fulfilling your vow to God. We're going to be reading from Ecclesiastes 5, 1, and 2 and four and five and the word of god reads guard your steps when you go to the house of god go near to listen rather than to offer the sacrifice of fools who do not know that they do wrong do not be quick with your mouth do not be hasty in your heart to utter anything before god god is in heaven and you are on earth so let your words be few. When you make a vow to God, do not delay to fulfill it. He has no pleasure in fools. Fulfill your vow. It is better not to make a vow than to make one and not fulfill it. Welcome back to Lounge Podcast. I want to give a special thanks to my queen, the one who read this word and brought it forth to light right now. So we're going to dive directly into it right now. So I was sitting here in the office uh, a couple of weeks ago and doing something. I don't know what I was doing. And the Holy Spirit came up on me and said, you need to do your next uh, series on vows. So I was like, you know, Lord, what does that look like? So he led me to Ecclesiastes 5, 1 and 2, 4 and 5. So as I began to unpack this scripture and just study it, I started recognizing what was going on and what it was referring to. So if you have your Bibles with you and you dive off into the book of Judges, verses chapter 11 and 35, we're talking about the Old, Old Testament. And we also are talking about the law. That was going on during this time frame. See, we up on the grace right now. We don't fall up on the law. So the things that were done back then and what's going on right now, when Jesus came on the earth, we'll save our grace. So therefore, we don't have to cut up no animals. We don't have to go to no priest. We can go to God directly through Jesus to be able to ask what it is that we're asking for. So as we began to study this scripture, one of the things that stood out to me was a lot of people who made vows back in the day, and Jacob was one of them. 
if you read Genesis 28, 20 to 21, Jacob literally said, hey, God, if you continue to cover me, I'm going to give you a 10 for every single thing that I earn. Everything that I do, I'm going to give you a 10 for it because you have protected my life throughout every single thing that I did. Another person is Jephthah. So I may be pronouncing his name wrong, but you know what I'm talking about. He was in the book of Judges 11, 30 through 31. He asked God, he said, Lord, basically, if you help me win this war, whatever runs out of my house, I'm going to sacrifice to you. So unbeknownst to him, his daughter came out the house. Oh, my goodness. He was so distraught because he made a vow to God. Now, the text says that, you know, he made a promise to God, whatever comes out of his house, he's going to sacrifice. But in this particular case, let's put it out there so everybody will know. God does not delight in any form of human sacrifice whatsoever. He's never have and never will. So therefore, a lot of scholars believe that his daughter never married. She never had any kids. So he never had anybody to carry on his name. So that's what the scholars believe. Another person that stands out to me is uh, David. David, to be kind to Jonathan's family. So his son at this particular time had injured himself during a war and he was handicapped. So he literally uh, brought him to the palace and everything and he made sure that he was treated like warranty and everything. So in essence, all these things that we're talking about right now literally revolves around the Old Testament and fulfilling the law. Back then, if you made a promise or you made a vow of any sort, it was a binding agreement, like a contract with us today. When we sign our name on the dotted line saying that we're going to do something that we was going to do. Let's bring it on home a little bit. How many of us, including myself, made a vow to God back in the day before you knew Christ the way you know him right now? Or even right now, Lord, if you just get me out of this one more time, I serve you wholeheartedly. What about that night you was binge drinking and you done drunk yourself to uh, alcohol poison and you was laying on your stomach crying in a pool of uh, throw up or whatever it is that you were doing? And you cried out to the Lord, Lord, if you just help me get out of this one more time, I serve you wholeheartedly. Or what about when you was in the church and you asked God for a wife or you asked God for a husband or you asked God for kids or you asked God for forgiveness and you made a vow. If you just give me these things, I serve you wholeheartedly. I know me for a fact. I've done that numerous of times and I had to learn that that is not pleasing to God. And the reason it's not pleasing to God is because we are human. We are flawed people. We always make mistakes and God knows that. That's why if you read in Matthew 5 Alright, we're going to backtrack a little bit. We was going to get ready to dive into Matthew, but I still felt led by the Holy Spirit to talk about a little bit more about what was going on in the Old Testament a little bit more. Uh, at this particular time, like I said earlier, the vows that people were making, this was the covenant that God had made with the children of Israel. And the Levitical priests were the ones who had to carry out a lot of the things that were going on with people making vows and commitments and stuff like that. 
So we have to understand, like, back then, it was so much that they had to do that God had ascribed for them to do. So when we look at all the things that were transitioning back then with the children of Israel as God had led them out of Egypt, they required a lot of attention. They really did. And it's when I say that, it's kind of uh, funny when I think about it because when you look at where we're at right now as a people and as a society, uh, as a whole, as a body of believers and a body of Christ, we require a lot of attention as well. But the difference between the two is we don't have to go to somebody to be able to get our request to God. And we don't have to wait once a year for uh, the remission of sins where people had to come in and bring animals in to sacrifice so that God can be able to forgive us for that sin. Right now that Jesus has already came and died and rose again, we're able to go to God at all times and be able to talk to him about whatever it is that's going on. Here's something that we need to take under consideration at any given time. Repentance. Repentance goes so far, and yet we lack those things because we don't recognize when we're doing something wrong. And it's sad to say that when we do do something wrong, do we acknowledge right then and there, hey, I made a mistake. Hey, I need to ask God for forgiveness, even if it's nothing but a thought, but it didn't come out verbally. But your thought is a form of sin. If you think it, you know, so shall it be. So we have to recognize that our thoughts can get us into a lot of trouble. Our demeanor can get us in a lot of trouble. Our words can get us in a lot of trouble. The tongue is the smallest thing on the body, but yet the most powerful thing. We can strike people down with words that could affect them for the rest of their lives. And at the same time, we can pour out love on someone that can build them up for the rest of their life. Some of us had families or have families that have supported us wholeheartedly with their words, their actions, um, their, their love, their unconditional support. And some of us have not actually had that. But we had God in the midst through all of those things to allow us to be able to uh, go forth and be able to pursue things in our lives right now. So we have to be uh, very, 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 very uh, understanding of like what this thing looked like, what we expect for God to be able to do for us each and every day. You know, I wake up every single morning with a desire to be able to serve God wholeheartedly. Like, I know some days it don't always come out great, and I know some days it don't always uh, I always walk this thing out correctly, but I strive every single second, not every single day, every single second to get it right. And the reason why I'm using the word second is this. It don't take nothing but a second for you to get out of character with anybody who you come in contact with. If they say the wrong thing or catch you at the wrong time, it is nothing for you to get out of pocket. So that's why... Every single second, I have to say a little prayer in my mind to make sure God keeps me in his presence because it don't take that much for us to fall out of his presence. So we have to be uh, cautious of all the things that we're doing. Like I was stating earlier back in the Old Testament, we had to go somewhere to be able to get something. Now you can get all those things in wherever you at. If you're in your car, you sit on the sidewalk, you're getting ready to walk through the door for a meeting. If you're getting ready to go to the school for the kids, whatever it may be, a doctor's appointment, you're able to do those things right then and there so that God can get your mind right to be able to do the things that he has called you to do. Understand your purpose and what you are called to do. Understand the commitment that you're making to God every single second to be able to do God's will, to be able to understand 
and reverence who he is at all times. We have to understand our purpose and what God has called us to do each and every day. Continue to scribe. As we get ready to move forward in this lesson, we're going to dive a little bit more to be able to bring this thing all the way home. I hope and pray that right now that this thing is feeling somebody, touching someone, and guiding somebody in the right direction. I love you all. I would just want the best things for you all at this particular time in your life where you may be. Here are some things that I want you all to know about me and my walk with Christ and how God has moved throughout my life in this particular season right now. So just a little bit of uh, story about myself. Um, once upon a time when I was serving in the military, me and another gentleman, we were sitting inside of a uh, office talking to a preacher and at this particular time in my mind i'm thinking that hey you know i want to be married i want to have a family and this was years ago and at this particular time the gentleman that sent me said the same exact thing and then the pastor looked me directly in my face and said hey if you met your wife right now you'll cause her more hurt and harm than you would help her so as he said that to me my flesh begins to bubble me having no remorse and where i was in christ at that time i was still a babe so i still had a little bit of uh, rough edges for the lack of a better term i began to just go off and like how you gonna tell me that i ain't ready for no wife i've been looking for a wife I, I that's what i want i know what i want this that and third and he literally just kind of just accepted everything that i said and then he came back and said think about it you will cause your wife more hurt and harm than you would help her. And I had to sit back and just understand, like, what, what, what made him say that? And I knew as I began to understand what was going on, that was God literally speaking through him. At that time in my life, I had no direction. I knew what I wanted, but I had no direction. I really didn't even have a full-fledged relationship with Christ. I knew who he was. I recognized who he was, but I didn't have no real commitment to him to be able to reverence also being able to cherish the gift that I'm asking for. See, when I asked for a wife, I was I didn't even have a vision. I didn't even know what I wanted to do with my family. I didn't know how I wanted to raise my kids. I had none of these things. And I got a chance to go to a seminar that uh, that was put on at the time. It was on doing Valentine's Day, matter of fact. And it was called Why Men Need With Visions and Dreams by Dr. Miles Monroe, and I'll repeat that again. It said, Why Men Need Visions and Dreams by Dr. Miles Monroe. As I sat down and watched this video, I got a chance to get a better understanding of my purpose, the dreams and the visions that I should have for my family, and what it is that God was about to bless me with. So at this particular time, I began to get before the Lord every single day, every single second, every chance I got. And I asked God to start purifying me. I asked God to start skimming all of the foolishness that was not pleasing to his eyesight to get me prepared for my wife. And anybody who knows my story and knows me and my wife, you understand that all these things that I'm saying literally came to fruition because I prayed for something and God knew at the time that I was praying for it, I wasn't ready for the receiving. So as I began to let God use me, purify me, and guide me in all truth and start studying his word again before him, letting him just pour that thing on me. I began to understand what my real role was as a man of God. 
See, God is ahead of me. I'm ahead over my family. My wife is ahead over the kids and everything else below us. So if my hand is in the father's hand and my wife's hand is in my hand, my house will always be in order. That cannot be out of order whatsoever. It always has to be like that. I supposed to make sure I'm doing everything in decent order to please God and also please my wife and my kids. And the Bible says, and I'm paraphrasing, you know, you have to understand that uh, uh, God is literally the foundation and we build everything upon him. He said, upon this rock, I will build my church. And that's what he was telling Timothy when he was uh, blessed and the Holy Spirit had used him to be able to speak things that God, that Jesus knew that was it only came from God. When I began to understand what that was, when it came to my family, man, when God allowed me to be able to bless me with my wife, my future wife. She was right there alone the whole entire time, like literally in the same room with us at multiple locations. She was right there. But again, I didn't recognize who she was because of God. So, you know, as we continue to talk about this story, I'm just going to let you guys understand how God works in so many different ways, not in a mysterious way, but in so many different ways. So as we continue to talk about um, my story and what has transpired over the years, God just reminded me of one of the things that I prayed for the whole entire time before meeting my wife. My prayer was, Lord, help preserve me so I can have something to give to my wife. I prayed that prayer the whole entire time as I began to continue to walk with God and, and as he began to deliver me from all type of crazy stuff that I was doing in my life. At that particular time, man, like I was so heavily involved in the streets um, with all type of different people, all type of different things that were not pleasing to God. And I knew that I wanted something to be able to give to my wife. So I kept praying that same prayer, Lord, preserve me so I can have something to give to my wife. That was my biggest prayer right there, because I didn't want to have nothing to give to my wife because I gave it to the world. I let the world use me and abuse me, and I had no remorse for what I was carrying into my marriage. So, as I stated earlier, you know, me and my wife, we were in the same room, same location. And one time we was at an event, and particularly somebody said, hey, you know, she's a good girl. You know, you should say something to her. I literally turned around, looked her in her face, and said, hey, how you doing? And then that was it. And then I turned back around and kept on talking to whomever I was talking to at the time. It's pretty funny because at that time she wasn't looking for anyone and I definitely wasn't looking for anyone because God was in the process of purifying me, getting me prepared for my wife. And one of the things that I did make a commitment to God was not a vow, a commitment. I just asked him to help me along the way and I could not do anything without him. See, a vow and a commitment is two different. I didn't make a vow to God saying like, if you did this, then I would do this. I made a commitment to God to honor what it is that I was asking him for and cherish if I ever got a chance to be blessed with this thing. So one of the questions I want to ask you all is this. When was the last time you made a serious commitment to God? Think about that for a second. Follow up question. How much progress have you made in fulfilling it? That's another question you should think to yourself. As I proceed to get my wife and God proceeds to bless me with my wife, I literally thank God every single day for my wife and for my kids, because I know they're a manifestation of what I prayed for and the commitment that I made to God if he was to bless me with this. 
So I don't take my marriage for granted. I don't take my wife for granted. And I definitely don't take my kids for granted because it's so many people out here are praying to God, asking for these things. But have you put yourself in a position to be able to receive these things? So you have to do away with the old things that you used to do and be able to run with the new things that God is already preparing for you. But you got to understand some things you're going to have to give away. Some things you got to let go. And some old hurts you cannot carry into your old relation, your new relationship. You can't punish somebody for something that you have old hurt from and they never did anything to you. See, these vows that people make, we hold on to them so deeply that it's rooted in us. It's so rooted in us to the point that it is a old aroma and it stinks so bad because we cannot let those things go. See, when you get ready to study the book of Matthews, uh, Matthew 5, 33 through 37, it literally goes into more detail when it says, again, you have heard that it was said to people long ago, do not break your oath, but fulfill the Lord, the vow you have made. But I tell you, do not swear an oath at all, either by heaven or by God's throne or by the earth for it is a footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it's the city of the great king. And do not swear your oath, do not swear by your head, for you cannot make even a hair white or black. All you need to say is simply yes or no. Anything beyond this can, it comes from the evil one. You have to recognize this at all times. Let your yes be yes, and let your no be no. Dive right back into one of these things that uh, I was just sitting back in here laughing, man. Man, the queen was just talking. It's like when we think about let your yes be yes and let your no be no. How many of us back in the day, man, when we say uh, word is bond, like, you know, it was like collateral. You know what I'm saying? Our word meant something and people could put faith in the word that we were saying. Or somebody said that's 100. You know what I'm saying? On 100, you know, I, I, I got it. I'm going to take care of that or whatever the case may be. Or somebody was like, you know what I'm saying? I put that on my unborn kids. I put that on my mom. I'm going to do this. You know what I'm saying? We say all type of crazy stuff. Or we, what What about, I I put my right hand to God. I'm going to do this thing right here. Like we said all type of foods and still was lying the whole entire time. We have to understand that it's nothing but grace, man, that has brought us along the way. That God has literally kept us from all of the buffoonery we have said over the years and probably current right now. It's so many terms that people use today to back up something they're saying. I couldn't even name half of the stuff they're saying because I don't even really listen to none of I don't even remember the stuff I used to say growing up um, and stuff like that. So when we say let your yes be yes and let your no be no, when it comes to your kids, you'll tell them no or yes in a minute. Now, sometimes, you know, they may come with the googly eyes or you may feel sorry and you may end up doing something for them anyway. But at the same time, when you're stern about what you meant and you say no, you, you meant that. And the same thing applies when you say yes. When it comes to something you want to do for your wife or your wife asks you for something and you want to make sure you take care of her and you want to make sure you please her and put a smile on her face and she knows that you love her unconditionally and it's a yes. See, that's a difference right there between the two. Well, yes and no. But the difference between this is God, when he says yes, he means yes. 
When he says no, he means no. I give you a prime example. When he said he was going to bless Abraham and he's going to have kids and stars, or as far as the eyes can see, the sand and everything like that, and his descendants and so forth and so on, he meant exactly what he said. When it came to David, when David uh, committed a sin and killed Uriah, and you know Nathan came in there and told him, hey, man, the son ain't going to live, like he literally passed judgment immediately. But what did David do? David sat down there and put on sackcloth and ashes and prayed all night, so forth and so on. But God still was not trying to hear that because he already had passed sentence. He let his no be no because he wasn't pleased with what was going on. What has God told you no to that you were still mad about or you still mad about it right now because you felt that you should have deserved something? What is a promotion? What is somebody else's husband? What is somebody else's wife? What about kids that you want that you have not received yet? What is it that God has told you no to that you was like, you know what, man, maybe it's a good reason why he told me no. Maybe it's a reason why he's keeping me from that because I'm not quite yet or prepared to be able to receive what it is that he has for me. What things that he has says yes to? Have he told you yes to that new car that you're looking for or a new house that you've been so desperately wanting over the years? What about a new promotion that it is that you asked him for, but it's finally your time to be able to walk into the position that you asked for because he had to develop you to be able to receive the position? Or what about is a warm hug from your mom or your dad or your brother or your sister that you longed for over the years because y'all have not had any form of communication? And now it's a time that you know that they may be close to near to the end and you want to make things right. You know, we have to cherish the things that God has literally put before us at all times. We can't take this thing for granted, man. When you say yes, say yes. When you say no, say no. Because God does not waver whatsoever. The topic of today is fulfill your vows to God. Understand that God does not break any promises. If he said it, his word does not come back unvoid. He makes sure he hold his end of the bargain. We have to hold our end of the bargain. However that may look, if it's nothing but walking by faith and not by sight, then do so. Walk with your head in the upright position and let the Holy Spirit guide you throughout the whole entire way. You know, when we sit back and just look back over everything, it's amazing. All right, we're about to wrap this thing on up. Uh, currently, right now, one of the things I want to share with you guys are parenting tips. One of the things that I was sitting back thinking, and it was in regard to let your yes be yes and let your no be no. One of the things in society today, we're trying to be our kids' friends. That's like so weird to me. You know, God has blessed us to be able to be a overseer of the kids that we have to be able to make sure that we are training them in the right direction and guiding them in the right direction. That may require a yes, a firm yes, and a firm no. So let your yes be yes and let your no be no. We cannot think for one odd minute that our kids know every single thing. God gives us discernment to be able to recognize things that may be going on with our kids. However that may look, they may be struggling in an issue in class that they may not be able to get a better understanding when it comes to their lesson they may need help with. <clears throat> they also may be uh, struggling with friendships that they may have because 
something may not be right between him or her or her or him or both females or both males or whatever it may be and god may be telling you hey you need to do, do a little bit more digging into this uh, situation right here if the back of your hair is standing up because you fear something is about to happen or god has uh, made your spirit unease about them going somewhere please adhere to the warning signs that god is giving you to be able to recognize that that very moment could save your life because you listen to the Holy Spirit as it guided you. Don't be scared to tell your kids yes, and don't be scared to tell your kids no. We know that everything that we're doing is for the betterment of them and to be able to show them how much we care about them. Listen, at the end of the day, man, you will be held accountable for everything that goes on with your kids until they become an age to be able to do things. So when all that's failed, man, let your yes be yes and let your no be no. Until next time, this honest to God, y'all have a blessed, real, prosperous day.